Well, we can see, continue in our uh, studies for the last few weeks in uh, the life of David. And Ray introduced us to us that last week, and perhaps today we're looking at probably the most famous incident uh, in the life of David. And we're going to read together from uh, 1 Samuel and chapter 17. And uh, I've been selective because it's 58 verses and we don't want to be at all the baptism next week. <laughs> so I'm just going to read a few verses that sort of introduces us uh, to uh, the incident between David and Goliath. We want to start reading at verse 8, first of all. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why don't you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine, and are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. And if he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your servants. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistine said, This day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and the Israelites were dismayed and were terrified. Now we're going to move on to verse 45. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with a sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord God Almighty the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those who gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear, that the Lord saves us. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. Let's just bow our heads for a moment in prayer as we turn to God's word. Father, we do thank you that this morning you are such a great God. We thank you, Lord, that you're greatly to be praised, for you do wonderful things. As we've just been singing, give me a sight, O Saviour. Help us to see you this morning, perhaps in a different light, and to be drawn closer to you. And to leave this place knowing that we go in the strength of the Lord. That the battle is the Lord's, and that you will guide us. And guard us and keep us, whatever befall, in the days that lie ahead. So, Father, again, this morning remind us of your greatness, of your goodness, and of your love to each one of us. For we ask it in your precious and loving name. Amen. You know, 
there's something great about being British, isn't there? And uh, as we come uh, this morning and look at this this incident with with David and, and Goliath, there's something about us inside that we always want the little man to win, don't we? Now, whether it's uh, in sport and you get a non-league team playing a Premier League team in, in the FA Cup, we always want that little one to be victorious and to overcome. And we're reminded of that this morning as we look at this. The little one, the underdog, was victorious because the Lord was on his side and he served his Lord. We didn't read the whole chapter because the whole chapter does cover the whole story. And uh, perhaps for homework, when you get home, you can fill in if you're not quite sure of what's happened before and afterwards. But I'm sure each one of us this morning is familiar with the story of David and Goliath. The little one, the big one, and the eventual winner. You know, a few years ago, we were in, in Belfast. I don't know if you've ever been to Belfast or not. But we're in Belfast and uh, it was towards the end of the Troubles and although the, the Troubles were on, it, it did seem to me a, a fairly prosperous city. And as we, we sailed in down Belfast Lock and we could see the city in front of us, uh, we could see also the industry and uh, the things that had made Belfast prosperous over the years. And one of the uh, things that we did notice more than anything was this great big expanse of shipyard, shipbuilding, and the company of Harland and Wolf. I don't know if you've ever heard of it or not, but there it was, Harland and Wolf, the great shipbuilders. And uh, I didn't realise it was as recent as 1969 when, when they were changing over from looking after ships with wooden decks, that they were ripping the decks out and refurbishing them with metal. And of course, metal is heavier than wood, and uh, they had to start looking at the way they did the, the business. And they started to build a big crane. And this crane was 96 metres tall, probably about a third of the height of Blackpool Tower. And this was dominant in, in, the land, in the landscape. You could see it from most parts of the city. And when they came to uh, operate this uh, crane and they unveiled it, they called it a name, Goliath. Goliath. They must have been more prosperous later on. They bought a bigger one and called it Samson a bit later on. But it was to show the strength, wasn't it? The strength of the crane to lift those heavy weights. This crane dominated the city. You can just imagine David in in the valley on that day when he was facing uh, Goliath himself. This man was dominating the landscape. It was there, and if you read earlier on in the chapter, you get some kind of, of dimensions as, as to what it was like. He was nine foot nine inches tall. That's mighty big, isn't it? Bigger than Bob and Sean and all these other tall people that we've got in our church today. Higher than that door, higher than that clock. A massive man, a mountain of a man, an awesome sight. It also tells us that his armour alone 
weighed 125 pounds. You can tell what all I am. I mean, for you modern people, I think it's 58 kilograms. That's the sort of proportion that we're looking at this morning. I don't think I could even lift that. Never mind were that armour. It also had a spear. And it says it was like a weaver's beam. I've never seen a weaver's beam, but I can imagine what it would be like. It would be heavy. And, uh, you know, even 15 pounds or 7 kilograms as it is in modern English. That's quite heavy to carry around. As though he hadn't got enough, he still needed someone to carry his shield before him. What an awesome sight. You can imagine little David there stood in front of him. In the name of the Lord, this giant of a man. I'm also reminded uh, this morning that there are giants in our lives that we face, isn't there? There's some awesome presence or some awesome thing that comes into our life at some time and, and it threatens us. It's our Goliath. We stood in front of him. Whatever it, it might be. It might be physical. It might be people that oppose us. Perhaps in a work situation or in a situation we're trying to organise something. You know, there's always one, isn't there, that wants to oppose us and threaten us. And to us it could become a giant in that particular situation. It could become an awesome task. It can take away the pleasure of whatever we may have been doing. It could be friends. Could be friends that turn against us sometime. And that could become a giant, something we've known for years, and then for some reason or other, they just turn against us. And that becomes a big giant in our life. We, we can't overcome it, we can't understand it. Why is this happening? It happens in families. People fall out within families. And that is a giant and a problem uh, to us sometimes. Perhaps it is work colleagues. Perhaps it's neighbours. You know, for years we've got on with the people next door and then for some reason they ignore us and fall out. And we don't know why. There are many, many difficult circumstances that can become giants that cause us unrest, that disturb our peace, that cause us great problems. And they can, there's no doubt about it, overwhelm us. Perhaps it's illness in ourselves or our loved ones. Perhaps it's financial problems. And we're coming into a day and age now where we're, we're hearing phrases that we never heard of years ago. Cost of living. Higher mortgages. Cost of food. Cost of clothing. Cost of gas, cost of electricity. The problems that come before us. The giants in our life. They could be 
habitual sins that we've tried to conquer and has never happened. And all these things make us weak. We feel down. We feel discouraged. We feel depressed. We're downcast. Our strength is gone because of the giants that is standing before us this morning. Compared with David, giants, David, he saw before him the man who was stronger uh, than him. Strange, isn't it, really, when we see uh, these things? Let's just compare uh, uh, this morning uh, David uh, and and uh, Goliath as he standing uh, before us this morning. Goliath, what was he? An experienced champion. An experienced warrior. Somebody that's fought many battles. Someone who had confidence in himself. And yet on the other hand, we see David, who never fought a battle in his life like that. He'd never come against something such as that in his life. What a contrast. Experience and youth. He was one of the most powerful men in history. We mentioned Samson before, but there's others in the Bible. There are other strong men. But Goliath was one of the most powerful. Whenever we refer to strong men, it's Goliath, isn't it, uh, that we look at. He was one of the most powerful men in history. And yet, on the other hand, David was a, a mere youth, inexperienced. You know, a few years ago, uh, I, got in, I was invited to, to speak at a church in, in Cumbria, Cumberland. It's a place called Esketh Newmarket, a little village church it was. And I got invited many, many times there. But the man who invited us to the, uh, to the church uh, was a farmer. And uh, one of the wonderful things was about the weekend was he, he invited us to stay on the farm with him. And, uh, of course, our girls were only little then, and they loved it with the animals and going collecting the eggs in the morning and one thing or another. You know, but... Uh, one thing that this man did, uh, he used to grab hold of me, pick me up, spin me round, throw me on the floor, and then put his foot on it, and I couldn't move. He was so strong, he had lands like spades. I hadn't a chance. The kids loved it. Do it again, do it again. <laughs> Strength. How strong can some people really be? Also, Goliath had the best of weapons. He had the nuclear bombs of the day, didn't he? He had the exocet missiles, he had everything. And when we read that description before about him with his armour and his shield and one thing and another, what chance had poor David got? This man had the best 
of everything, the weapons of the day. Honor David, a stick and a stone and a sling. Not much compared with that at all. Also, what did Goliath do? He trusted in himself. He was shouting to the armies of the Philistine, from the Philistine army to the Israelites, you know, come and get me sort of thing. Send somebody to fight with me. And he knew full well that with his strength that he could probably overcome anybody uh, from that army. Even Saul himself, who was, it says, was head and shoulders above everyone. He had the power, didn't he? And he trusted fully in himself. Who did David trust in? He trusted in the Lord God Almighty. He trusted in the name of the Lord. He, he came in the name of the Lord. This was his confidence. This was his strength. How wonderful to go in the name of the Lord our God. What a contrast then between David and Goliath. If we took him on face value, we probably think, well, he's not got much going for him, David. And Goliath is this big, a strong man. But that's a human point of view. That's looking at. And it's so easy from a human point of view to be overcome by these giants that stand before us. Faith that overcomes. This is what David had. He had faith in bucketfuls, in spadefuls. He knew that the Lord was on his side. He probably nipped down to the brook and got the stones and my God is so big, he's so strong, so mighty. There's nothing that he cannot do. He was confident. He knew that the Lord was on his side. And as we wonder, as we look at this particular incident this morning, and let's look at David in, in, in a little bit closer look. Just draw closer to him and we see that David is a parallel, a wonderful example of the Lord Jesus. If we compare David with Jesus, then we get a totally different picture of comparing David with Goliath. Again, referring to... I'm going back. Referring to earlier parts in the chapter, we see that David was sent to the battlefield by his father. Jesse wanted to know what was going on. He was also concerned for his other sons. He was also concerned uh, for the people. And he decided to send them some provisions. You can read all about it in the earlier part of the chapter where he called upon his son David who hadn't gone to the war who was looking after the sheep he called him and he said look he said, I want you to take these to the armies to, to, to your brothers 
he had concern for them. He wanted to really know what was going on. And then, of course, that hymn we sometimes sing, God sent his son. Jesus was sent. Jesus was sent by his father to this world. As Jesse wanted to send provisions uh, to the armies, God wanted to send his provision to you and to me. God sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to you and uh, to me. David, of course, had confidence uh, that we said before, didn't we? He had confidence in God because he'd experienced God in the past. Remember the time, he, 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 if you read he, he, to Saul, he's, he's sort of giving his CV, if you will, and, uh, and he's telling Saul all the things that that the Lord had been with him. He said, do you know, he says, when I was guarding the sheep, uh, there was a lion and a bear. And these things that came, that the Lord had given me the strength uh, to overcome them. So David knew from experience, from times past, that God was with him. And sometimes as we get older, we forget that. I know as we get really old and we start going into the past, we can look back on things when, yeah, that was a difficult situation in my life, but the Lord helped me. There was a time when God helped me. There was a time when I wasn't sure, but now as I look back I can see the guiding of the Lord upon me. And for those of you that have known the Lord for many, many years, I'm sure there are times when you can look back on your own experiences and say, the Lord's helped me. The Lord has been with me. Jesus had experience in the past of Satan, hadn't he? Remember the time in the wilderness when he, he was taken away and he he was asked to make the stones and to bread and, and he was asked to throw himself down from the temple. He was asked to display all his powers and he knew that he was being tempted. But he knew his enemy. He knew it was Satan that was trying to thwart him from the mission that his father had sent him to do. Jesus knew from experience, didn't he? Just what it was. David, of course, was misled sometimes, misunderstood, wasn't he? He was despised by his brothers. Eliab, when he saw him in the valley, oh, you're big-headed, you. Uh, you're full of your own importance. You're full of your own confidence. It'll never happen. It's all about you. Jesus, as we read earlier on today in our communion, he was rejected. He was despised. He was misunderstood. And yet the Lord used him. This was his mission. 
David eventually was victorious. He overcame Goliath. He overcame the enemy. He overcame that giant that was before him. But so did the Lord Jesus. We read this morning, we shared this morning in the bread and the wine. Though the Lord had come to save his people, he was victorious. That's what the Lord Jesus did for you and me. He was willing to act. He was willing to come. He was willing that you and I, like David, through his actions set Israel free, didn't he, from the oppressors. Yet the Lord Jesus overcame sin and death to set you and I free uh, this morning. I wonder how we are facing our giants this morning. All the things that distress us and disturb our peace and, and trouble us. Have we got the faith that David had? Have we got the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? The greatest of all of our giants has already been mentioned, has been Satan himself. The one, that little voice that disturbs our peace. Well, God really won't help you. Well, look at that and look at this. Be distracted, be taken away from, from God. Take your eyes off Jesus. Like Peter, when he took his eyes off Jesus, he, he began to sink, didn't he? But Satan is our greatest enemy. Paul tells us that we, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this world. This is our giant. All the others fall into insignificance. This is the one that would keep us from coming to know the Lord Jesus as our Lord and Saviour. And I want to ask you the question this morning. Have you put your faith and trust in Jesus? Have you got him on your side? Have you made that decision? Because if we haven't made that decision uh, for the Lord Jesus, then we face a Christless eternity. We face an eternity without God. And Satan would have the victory in your life and my life if we haven't made that decision for him and come to know him as our Lord and as our Saviour. Let's not beat about the bush this morning. That's the giant. That's the giant that we have to overcome. And we can't do it ourselves. Saul put his trust in David, didn't he? I put my trust in the Lord Jesus. I put my faith in him this morning. For he's the one that's given us the victory. He's the one that's overcome the giant. He's the one that's given us that 
peace this morning. When the wars were on, people enlisted, didn't they? Took the king's shilling, whatever it was. Have you enlisted in his majesty's army this morning? Are you a soldier of the cross? You know, there was a, a chorus, and I had to write it down because I couldn't remember it, that we used to sing many years ago. I'm in his majesty's army. His majesty, the king of kings. I'm in his majesty's army. It makes me want to shout and sing. I'm in the fight against evil. Like David with his stone and sling. I'll never fear the foe wherever I may go. For I'm in his majesty's army. His majesty, the king of kings. You oldies will remember that, won't you? That's our testimony this morning when we put our faith and trust in Jesus. We've enlisted. But coming to Jesus, you know, it doesn't just stop there. It takes a little bit more uh, than that uh, as well. Are we prepared to serve him? Are we prepared to serve him this morning? The one who's done so much for us. David was prepared. He went down to the brook and he took the stones. And he knew that God was going to use these as a weapon uh, for him. But he had to go and take them. He had to use them. He had to be prepared to serve, to be in that position, to be able to kill uh, Goliath. Do we prepare for our service this morning? How do we prepare? Well, that's, first of all, let's keep close to God. Let's keep him there. Let's keep him so close to us that we can feel his presence uh, a day uh, by day. Do we communicate with him? Do we pray? Do we share our thoughts? This is what we do when we come close to him. We get so close to him that we can feel his presence there with us. Do we read his word? Do we allow him to speak to us uh, through uh, his word? To give us that encouragement, to give us that insurance, to give us the knowledge that he is with us no matter what situation comes before us. He's there. He's our Lord and our God. I referred to a chorus before about his majesty's army, but, you know, as a youngster in Sunday school, we, we used to sing choruses, uh, not only here, but other places. They don't seem to do uh, the, those type of choruses that we used to do before. Both choruses that we sang before, it all had a message with it. It, it, it had a word. Uh, you know, Zacchaeus was a very little man. What was that? Well, it taught me to think, well, if Zacchaeus can come to Jesus, so can I uh, in that. How did Moses cross the Red Sea? It was a question, wasn't it? Did he fly? Did he swim? Did he run? No. God blew with his wind and the parting of the way. That was, that was, of course, knowing that God would lead us in that situation. 
Jonah, listen to my tale of Jonah and the whale, way down in the middle of the ocean. God's keeping power. We can look back on and think that. The walls of Jericho come tumbling down. We should have a great time with that one. There's so many of these courses. They they were like, to me, it was my spiritual times table. Times table prepares us for life, don't they? And yet these, God's word in my heart prepared me for life. And somehow over the times when when God has buffeted us and we've felt pressures and just things like that, it's not only God's word from the Bible that comes to me, it's God's word from what I've learned in Sunday school, knowing that God, as he's led all these other people, you know, what he's done, he can do it for me. He can be in that situation for me. And the secret of it all really is spending time with God spending time with God realising that the battle's is that's what David said to Clive the battle's the Lord's it's not my battle at all do we spend time alone with God shut out the things that are disturbing us just take his word just come to him in prayer that's what David did he looked back, didn't he? Again, on times past. You know, you can imagine when he was out spending many lonely hours looking after the sheep, when there was pressures and coming, even when the lion and the bear came to him, what did, what did he say? I lift mine eyes up unto the hills. From whence cometh my help? It cometh from the Lord. And sometimes I like to think as you read through Psalms such as Psalm 23, you know, we, we, we refer to it sometimes that going through the valley of the shadow of death, we're referring it to, to dying and to going on, but, but no. Could it be that in that time that David was saying, you know, I'm stood before Goliath, even through the valley. Death is here because he could kill me. But the Lord prevailed. Remember, the battle is the Lord's. I am so glad that my Father in heaven tells of his love in the book he has written. Wonderful things in the Bible I see. But this is the dearest. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves you. And I trust this morning that you have put your faith and your trust in the Lord God Almighty, the one who can conquer sin and death, the one who's defeated Satan, the one that can take you safely to glory, the one whom you serve, the one that you've committed your life to, the one that you're in his army, you're a soldier, you're marching on, for the Lord may we just think of these this morning these lovely thoughts of how strong our great how wonderful our God is and this morning we can leave this place knowing 
that we go in the strength of the Lord. May the Lord bless these thoughts to us this morning as we come to him. And we're going to sing our last hymn now. And it's probably not a familiar hymn, uh, but you pick up the tune. And it's one that we have... uh, uh, Once they'll give us one that'll give us the strength and the confidence that we need today. He 